Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Do not forget to follow me on Twitter at RMKMadness. Yes, 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 yes. And check out my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris. Oh shit, I did not turn my phone off. Got the Potter voicemail song going. I should turn that shit off. But I can't. I gotta keep it on. See, had a bit of a rough week. I hope your week has been well. But with everything else going on in the world, additionally, my wife has had a kidney stone issue. She wasn't able to pass it. She had severe pain last week, went to the emergency room, gave her some antibiotics, some medicine, trying to see if they could do anything to break that down, help her get it through. Or not break it down. It widened the urethra. Anyways, that shit didn't work. So they had to go in and laser the fucker to get it out, and put a stint up there. Sounds horrible. And uh, she ended up having to do that. That was her surgery on Tuesday morning. Went back to the ER Tuesday night (laughs) because she was in unbelievable pain, like unbearable pain. And, well, that's because she had an infection. Found out from my mother, who is a nurse, and... In her later years, she's become a traveling nurse, taking assignments, different states, different hospitals, and she had an assignment where she worked in urology, where they do these kinds of surgeries, and I guess, according to her, they are clean procedures, not sterile procedures, meaning they clean the instruments and the areas, but they don't sterilize them. So when inserting something in there, it could possibly get stuff on it on the way up, if you know what I mean, and therefore possibly infecting more up inside. Yeah. So she had some infection and a lot of pain, but she got that taken care of, and now it's kind of a, you know, pain management rest kind of deal. So my mother is here helping with the children's while my wife sleeps her days away, resting and recovering, and I don't blame her. Surgery sucks, man. I had to have surgery on a fucking hernia, okay? This is probably seven, eight years ago, maybe nine. (laughs) But it was horrible. I woke up and they won't let you leave till you pee. And it took me forever to pee, but I had this full bladder, but I just couldn't get it out. And I finally got a little bit out, they let me leave. And on the way home, I had to stop every 15 minutes at a fucking rest stop because this was back when I lived in Iowa. And because of my insurance, I had to go from Waterloo or I'm sorry, Fort Dodge, Iowa, to Iowa City, Iowa. So that's a good 90 minutes or so. And we kept stopping at the rest stops on the way back so I could try and pee, but I couldn't. It wasn't until I had been home for like half an hour that I was able to finally pee normally. And boy, was that a long pee. So crazy week. And I get it because I've been there. Hernia surgery was not fun. And I did the same shit that my wife is doing now. First few days after surgery, I took pain meds and I slept. I didn't do shit. So I'm trying to allow her the same. So it's been kind of tough to get stuff going with my creative. And I've tried to get on Twitter as much as possible. But it's just been a bit of a crazy week on top of everything else going on in the world. Because let's face it, they're still protesting. We've still got that fight That movement, we still got to keep pushing. 
Statues are coming down all over the country. Statues that pertain, that relate to our not-so-great history. And as many people have pointed out, it's not as though in Germany they have statues of Hitler. So for all those people trying to defend this, or defend keeping them up, I don't get it. It's part of our history. Yeah, our shitty history. Why are we celebrating the shitty parts of our history? We should do... Because see, this is the problem with the U.S. And I'm sorry to get all into this. But just for a second, please. Why? Why would you want to keep that part of our history enshrined? Like, America has a big problem with history as it comes to... We kind of distort things. You know, Buffalo Bill is... I've spoken about this before, I believe, on my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris. But he's kind of an asshole, (laughs) to say the least. But he's made into, like, a cowboy hero. And there's a museum (laughs) for him. And he's really... It skews the history of what he is and what he did. You don't see a lot of that, like, Germany, for example. And I keep bringing them up because that's a good... It's a good representation because, or a good analogy, better word, <laughs> because it, it, they had Hitler and Nazism. And, y- y- you know, they, they don't shy away from that. They very much look at it, examine it, teach it, so that they don't repeat history. President Trump tweeted out today, Those that deny history are doomed to repeat it. People aren't denying history by taking down these statues or wanting to rename military bases. They're wanting to stop enshrining it, propping it up as though it was a good part of our history. You don't deny the history. You identify it, recognize it, that hey, there's some not so good shit in America's history, but we're trying to do better now and taking down statues and renaming bases because they have ties to shitty parts of our history, I don't see the problem with that. And it's like the Confederate flag. This is NASCAR said no more Confederate flags, and this is a big deal to a bunch of NASCAR fans who are pissed off. There's even a driver that's dropped out. (laughs) Like, I just... It's insane to me (laughs) the way some of the people in this country are acting. And if you've turned me off at this point, you're probably one of them. Or you're just tired of hearing me rant. (laughs) But, hey, this is important stuff and it's going on in our world right now. So I feel like, hey, you you gotta talk about it if you have a platform. Okay? So... Fuck all you people bitching about the Confederate flag. I think you're ridiculous beyond measure. Same goes to those who oppose the renaming of military bases and who oppose these statues coming down. Fuck all y'all. With that said, Black Lives Matter, Trump sucks. Keep up the good fight, people. Let's do it. Moving on to football. Dalvin Cook. Is he going to be holding out? It sounds like he might. Sounds like he might. A lot of people are hopping on the Alexander Madison wagon after that. The hype train of Mr. Madison. But I tell you what, 
Keep an eye on Mike Boone. Now, I've soured on him a little, but I got to remember, I can't hold on to past grudges because he really killed me in a couple of championships last year. I was really counting on him. But on the other hand, if the rest of my team would have competed well, Mike Boone might not have mattered. But I, I did need him to get me some points in the playoffs, and he failed to do so. He did so in Week 17. He had a good week. But it was that game against the Packers. I needed him to have a good game, and he didn't do a damn thing. And I think that's partly why others have soured on him. And Alexander Madison is a good back. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to look at the player profiles, the workout metrics, it's Boone with the better profile. Now, he doesn't have the draft capital that Madison has. And clearly the Vikings really believe in Madison. But don't be surprised if, if, if Cook continues to hold out, if nothing works out. Don't be surprised if it's more of a one-two punch with Madison and Boone than like the Alexander Madison show. That would be my main, I guess, opinion on that. Deshaun Watson was reportedly working out with um, um, some receivers. And also, this was pointed out on Twitter by the Podfather. And yes, because I love these late round tight ends. Kahale Waring, second year tight end. Someone I really like. But I figured, eh, with the depth chart, it, it, it could still be some time. But hey, he's working out with Deshaun Watson. And why not? And he was the only tight end. No Jordan Akins, no Jordan Thomas, no Daniel Fells. And let's be honest, Daniel Fells, not much. He's not really that impressive. He catches some touchdowns, which is great, but that's really all he's done. <laughs> Thomas, Akins, the two Jordans, they uh not real special either. They both have decent profiles. Maybe had a chance, but neither one of them. I mean, that's, that's how you get Daniel Fells catching touchdowns. But Cahill Warren? I like that dude's potential. I like that dude's workout metrics, his player profile. And if he's working out with Deshaun Watson and he's the only one at tight end position doing so, there's something to keep an eye on. Just saying. Just saying. That's why it's in the notes, bro. Bros and sisses. And I, I just have to I just have to say that this stuff came out about Gronk and his time in WWE. And because uh, <laughs> obviously he, he got the 24-7 belt. I haven't watched WWE in a while. I gave up on that shit. I still love me some professional wrestling. I just don't do WWE. New Japan Wrestling and AEW. That's where the shit's at. They don't have asshole, tyrannical, shitheads running their companies. And it's far better of a wrestling product. So, yeah. If you like pro wrestling, if you're tired of WWE, check out AEW, New Japan, Pro Wrestling. There you go. But Gronk had some time in WWE and apparently, apparently, he had a bit of a trouble with a move and he just wasn't sure about doing it. And you figure he probably didn't want to get hurt, but I guess Vince McMahon did the move himself to show Gronk it was no big deal. And uh, 
I guess a lot of wrestlers were just like, we don't need this guy. He's more trouble than he's worth. Blah, blah, blah. So people not impressed with Gronk in the wrestling world, <laughs> which I find a little hilarious. I really do. But that's what I got for football news. I'm going to take a quick break, come back, get into the madness, and discuss uh, rookie wide receiver busts from 2019 that are going to strike in 2020. That's right. And I want to go through my Kingdom League again because I'm trying to get actually get that up and running and um, drafting. And so I want to explain that again, get it out there. And uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go from there. We'll go from there. So let's get to it, the madness. Welcome to the madness. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Had a little uh, marijuana on a quick break, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Anyway, let's, let's get into it. The madness. So I have three names. Three rookies from 2019 that had various levels of hype around them and their potential well I mean overall but particularly in their rookie years these three particular players did not do much kind of bus bustable bustables you know what I mean but these three players I do believe will turn it around in 2020 so, first name on the list, Nikhil Harry. Drafted by the Patriots, yes? And, you know, this was exciting. I mean, Nikhil Harry, he's got a great profile, right? 6'2", 228, above average 40-yard dash. He's got upper percentile speed score, burst score, catch radius. 89th percentile college dominator. 81st percentile college share. 95th percentile breakout age. Dun, 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 dun. Best comparable, Allen Robinson. Nikhil Harry has potential. Big potential. But there's a few things with last year, right? Because you're thinking going in, well, the Patriots drafted him. He's got... He's going to the Patriots. The Patriots don't have... A lot of weapons for Tom Brady to throw to, right? There was no Gronk there last year. Edelman, at some point, the, you know, the trading of Sanu, they, they didn't have shit. So, you figured Harry was going to be involved and heavily at some point. Now, maybe he didn't quite get that connection with Brady. Who knows? And it's the Patriots, from what people say. That's a tough system to learn, right? And you got to get that timing down with Brady. Well, this is year two for Nikhil Harry. And this situation is a little bit different. They still don't have shit for weapons there. <laughs> but now you've got young Jarrett Stidham. And he's going to need someone reliable. And I'm sure he'll use Julian Edelman, but that dude's getting older, breaking down a little bit. 
Akil Harry is a bigger target. Someone who can win at the catch point. Someone that Stidham could really come to rely on. And again, let's face it, they, they still have really not much at all for weapons. And if Bill Belichick wants to, and you know he's got to want to, show that he can have a good offense without Tom Brady, he's going to want Jarrett Stidham to do well. And given they didn't do a whole lot for weapons, I'm going to assume they feel pretty good with where they're at. And really, if you do look at it, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, you got some young tight ends there. Asiasi could be someone that comes in and helps out right away. You got several running backs for now. Although I do think we could say a name or two cut to save cap space. And I hope to see the emergence of some Damian Williams like I spoke about last week. Oh, Jesus. That scared me. I forgot my phone was on again. Because <laughs> I got to keep it on in case I get a text from the wife so I can go up and, you know, take care of her. Because that's what a good hubby does. But no, that was not her. It was a potential spam phone call, this says. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. And I gotta change that ringtone. Game of Thrones is long and gone and fuck man. Nobody cares about that show anymore. It's crazy. All the people talking about what to binge watch during the quarantine, during lockdown. Not a lot of people preaching, hey, watch Game of Thrones. Because so many were disappointed with the ending. I didn't hate it as many as most. For me, it was more the very last episode as opposed to the whole last season. I felt the whole last season was rushed, yes, but I still felt the episodes were solid. It, I just had... That last episode got me a little bit, but I digress. So, Nikhil Harry. I'm believing in him this year. I think he has a bounce-back year, and, you know, he doesn't have the craziest ADP. 184.75. People have gone sour on him. Now, there's another guy I like. Paris Campbell. Now, this individual came in and you're thinking, okay, yeah, little T.Y. Hilton-ish as far as some of the stuff he does. But he's also a little bit bigger, if I'm right. T.Y. Hilton's like, five. I guess I'd have to look up T.Y. Hill for sure. There I go, Speaking out of my ass again. But Paris Campbell, you got six foot, even 205 pounds with 100th percentile 40-yard dash. 97th percentile in speed score and burst score. This is a fast motherfucker. They're going to be able to find ways to use him all over the field. And now you bring in Phillip Rivers to the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, you've still got T.Y. Hilton there. And I think they'll kind of use him to stretch the field. Because then you're going to have Michael Pittman kind of playing that X, I imagine, right? So that leaves a spot open for slot receiver. Paris Campbell, maybe a little bigger than your typical slot receiver. But I think this is a guy you can go deep with. You can play him in the slot. And I just think the combination of those three receivers and Philip Rivers' propensity to sling the ball around, I think 
Paris Campbell could really burst out this year. Because he can do a lot of good stuff. And I think they're going to want to use him all over the field. And yes, he's still going to have his running backs that he's going to throw to. But I'm telling you, something about Paris Campbell. He's got the great profile. Fits in that offense. Phillip likes to throw the ball. Frank Reich's going to let him, I imagine. And they've got pieces to do it. And if you got people worried about T.Y. Hilton... And then you bring in Michael Pittman, he starts doing some damage right off the bat, like many assume, and me included. I dig me some Michael Pittman, like many assume we will. Then what you'll have is <laughs> Paris Campbell probably having some space to work. You know what I mean? So there's a lot to there's a lot to like about Paris Campbell this year. And my third and final one would be Andy Isabella. Now I admit. His path to getting really sustainable fantasy numbers is a little more clouded than Paris, Campbell, or Nikhil Harry. Because let's face it, Nikhil Harry could be the number one on his team. I mean, that, I would say that could potentially happen with Paris Campbell. But, you know, a lot of weapons on that team. But Andy Isabella, well, I mean, think about it. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. People are already worried about Christian Kirk. I don't think you need to be. They have Larry Fitzgerald. But here's a few things. Other than Andy Isabella, I mean, I, I do like the, the rookie from last year, Keyshawn Johnson. I could give two shits about Hakeem Butler. But they don't have a lot of people. They lost Demir Bird. He actually went to the Patriots. And so, there's not that is totally that fourth spot there for Isabella to take. 100% 40-yard dash, like Paris Campbell. Higher percentile speed score, above average burst score, agility score, 97th percentile dominator rating, and college target share. Best comparable? Tyler Lockett. Now with Andy Isabella, you're thinking, three receivers ahead of him. Ah, but the Cardinals are going to like to throw the ball. That offense is going to be thrown a lot. And their defense is better. But chances are they're also going to have to throw a lot because they're going to have to play catch-up. I read something. Again, I have to start crediting these goddamn sources. But if you look at four wide receiver sets, the Cardinals are a team that's up there. So there is potential... For Andy Isabella to see some decent snaps. And then you think about it with a team that likes to throw so much. Should something happen to Fitz or Kirk. Then Isabella rises even farther. He's got past production. He's got a solid profile. There's a lot to get excited about with Andy Isabella. The only problem being that depth chart. But again, injuries happen, and this can be an offense that features. And how do we know, how do we know that Larry Fitz is going to stay that number three? Because there's a couple things about Larry Fitz. That dude is a player's player, man. That dude is the man. He's just, like, 
you know, he, he doesn't cause drama ever. And I'm not I'm not one of those that is like, oh, the diva wide receiver. Like 90% of the time, I'm on board with the receiver. Cause as much noise and chaos as you want to get what you need because it's the fucking NFL. And it's kind of fucked up how shit's run there. So... I'm all good with receivers doing what they got to do. It's very rare. I, d I didn't like Antonio Brown shit from last year, mainly because it seemed like, dude, you look like you're losing your mind. Get some help. <laughs> but anything can happen. And Larry Fitz being asked to, hey, take a lesser role because the offense is better with you know, and I don't, Larry Fitz, man, you can't say enough about him and what a pro he's been and how good he's been and consistent and all that, but he's getting up in age, man. And this is going to be an explosive offense. Are we so sure that Larry Fitz isn't the number four receiver and that maybe Andy Isabella works his way into that number three spot? So that it's Fitz, not Isabella. Who's the one that stays on the sidelines and comes in when it's those four receiver sets? Or maybe they split time doing that? Because I tell you this much, Larry Fitz is the kind of guy that's going to be okay with that. Sure, let the young guy go. Let me do what I can to help him grow. That's the kind of dude he is. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think, as my number three guy, that's a guy you got to keep your eyes on. Gotta keep your eyes on. Okay, so that's what I've got for the rookie wide receiver bus. Ready to strike in 2020. Yes, sir. And I will have an article on playerprofiler.com coming out about that next week. I mean, it could come out this week, today or tomorrow, but I've got my previous one, the league winning running backs article. That'll be the first one to come out. So it might not be till next week. Till this one comes out, but it gets into a little more detail about all three players, and uh, yeah, so make sure you follow me on the Twitter at RMK Madness to check that article out, or keep an eye on it for when it comes, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. And moving on, I would like to get into, again, the Kingdom League. And I just want to go through this again, because, again, like I said, I'm getting this thing started up. And so if any of you who listen find this idea interesting, tweet at me, please. And I will surely get you involved if you want to be involved. But this was my idea, was to just take my favorite kind of fantasy league, just, just your normal PR, PPR, Superflex League, maybe throw a tight end premium on there. And then add some unique rules to it just to make it different. Spice things up a little bit. So this is the kind of the rules that I got laid out for now. Now this is all subject to change. I'm trying to get people. I've already got four of us total in a group chat. And we've decided, hey, if we can't figure this out, this whole new unique league idea, then we're just going to stick with the regular PPR Superflex with the tight end premium. So. If we decide to go with this new unique league, that's what we're going to do. But that's what we're kind of working on. So, for anybody listening, this would be the Kingdom League. A 12-team PPR Superflex Keeper League. Ten keepers. You start with... Well, sorry. Your starters are... <laughs> QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, 
two flex. Obviously, you have your normal flex with the running back, receiver, and tight end, and then your super flex. Plus nine bench players. The low bench will come into play, okay? It's a $20 buy-in on LeagueSafe, group chat on GroupMe. The league is on Fleet Flicker. There will be three divisions, also known as clans, okay? And the waiver wire is blind bid, $200 fab to start for each team. The clan with the most points each week will be awarded bonus fab, $25 per team. That's one of the new unique aspects. The winner of the championship was sacrifice one of their top five scorers to be removed from their team, winning costs. The player will be awarded to the winner of the Maggot Bowl, or the Consolation Bracket, also known as the Consolation Bracket. And then the last place team is excommunicated from the league every year. After a one-year ban, that owner can get back into the league by taking over that year's that next year's losing team. So if you're someone that got excommunicated, you're at the top of the list to get back in. That's how it goes. Now you could wait to get back in. You could say, nah, I don't want to get back in this year if you don't like the team. And then you just go to the next person on the list or find somebody else. And then that person would still be first on the list. I think that's how we do it. Again, rules are in flux. There will be no out-of-clan trading, which I think might make things interesting. And in this sense, you're kind of encouraged to collude. I was trying to think of the word. I was going to say to, to, you know, engage in collusion. That was long. To collude. (laughs) So you only trade within your clan. And we'll get more into that because that, that could come into play too. The playoffs will be six teams. The clan or division, with the best overall record, will take four of the six playoff spots. That clan leader will choose one other team in the clan, and those two will have the bye week. The last two playoff spots will go to the other two clan leaders, and they will play the other two teams from the winning clan. For the payouts, the champion team is awarded 120, while each of his fellow clan members get 40 bucks apiece, so their money back Double their money back. Yeah. The non-playoff teams will compete in the Maggot Bowl, the winner being awarded the player cut from the winning team. So that was kind of mentioned earlier. All the non-playoff teams will do a playoff tournament as well, the Maggot Bowl. Whoever wins will get that top player that the the championship team cuts. And that's basically it. That's that's the rules. And it'll be interesting because you're – With shorter benches, fab is going to be important. So you're going to want your clan to do well so that you guys can get, you know, so you can win the week and get extra fab because the waiver wire is going to be extremely important with such short benches, right? Because the waiver wire should be fruitful. And then you look at the whole clan thing and no trading out of clan. So you can only trade within your clan. So if your team's really doing horrible, you're still going to want your clan to win, right? Because you could still get 40 bucks. So maybe you trade some players and, you know, obviously it's still a keeper league. You still want to compete next year. So you're not going to trade any of your top guys. But maybe some guys that are just right on that edge, like you'd either, like, right on the edge of keeping, like you're not going to keep them, but they're almost good enough to keep, but you've already got your keeper. One of those guys, you could trade to another team in your division 
very cheaply, I might add, because there's no problems, there's no illegal, collusion isn't illegal. And you could do that to help bolster that team. And that's what can make this all crazy, you know. And obviously, you're not going to make too terrible of a trade because you don't want to shortchange your team. But you could totally do stuff to try and help your team out or your other clan, you know, other teams in your clan out. So there's a few unique aspects to try and do it that way, you know. It's it's a unique idea. It's just all... I have. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what we come up with in our group chat. And like I said, if anybody else is interested, hit me up on the Twitter at RMK Madness. Yes. So that's what we got for the madness. Going to take a quick break, come back, and close up shop. All right? Game over, man. Game over. Indeed. Game over. Game over for this episode, anyway. We'll call it. Good. Close up shop. Finn, if you know what I mean. But thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Madness podcast. Sorry, I've fucking lost my train of thought. Which podcast am I doing? See, I had a little bit longer of a break. My mom had some issue with the kids. I had to smoke some marijuana. And the neighbors started vacuuming their van, it sounded like. Because there was a nice, you know, that... That was a terrible, absolutely terrible impersonation of a vacuum. And I did some gurgling at the end there. I have no idea what that was. I apologize. But vacuum sound, so had to wait on the recording. But I am back. Got a little lost, but under control. It's a good thing this is the closing segment, because really, I'm clearly a little bit uh, flustered. Not really, but you know. But thank you again for joining me in the Fantasy Madness podcast. Yes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at RMK Madness. That's right. That is right. Now, next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about sleepers, okay? Sleepers. Because I love sleepers. There's nothing greater than getting someone super late in the draft, or, or or on the waiver wire even, after the draft. These low-value players that come out of nowhere to produce. Now, the key is trying to identify who are the most likely, out of all these sleeper candidates, to produce. You got to look at the team they're on, the depth chart, what kind of offense... And then, of course, their personal player profile. That's the best way to kind of determine which of these sleeper candidates to to try and take a stab on. You know, good old lottery tickets. So we'll get into a little bit of that next week. Don't forget to keep an eye on Twitter. And you know what? Keep an eye on Instagram. I'm going to start getting my Instagram going this weekend. Seriously, I'm going to start spouting it off on Instagram. At RMK Madness on that too. Twitter, Instagram, RMK Madness. Check me out. Thank you again for joining me. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Stay safe. Beware of the fucking monkeys out there riding bikes and and, and spearfishing and stealing coronavirus. So I, I swear... Somebody showed these fucking monkeys the Planet of the Apes movies and they get these fucking ideas that, oh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monkeys. We're here to kick some ass because we saw Planet of the Apes and fuck you humans. Fuck all you humans. <laughs> the spearfishing. Riding bikes to steal children. <laughs> like, with the, everybody's talking about Jumanji. I'm like, no. These monkeys done watched some Planet of the Apes and they got too many ideas in their fucking monkey brains. That's what I think. <laughs> so be, be wary of that. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Till next time, I am the Mad Chatter Ryan MK. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to check out my content on the Twitters for the millionth time. Stay safe, stay strong, stay vigilant, people. Love to you all. We'll chat soon. Peace out.